What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there yo welcome to the bar come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible, what a wonderful feast The living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets The inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet This where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you We're your source for resources To help you on your way as you battle mean forces This is for the people who can see the importance Of sound theology and the scripture that support it And this is for the truth lovers Biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations Yeah, welcome to the modern the reformation yeah the bar biblical and reformed welcome everybody to the bar it's your boy Dwayne in the building right back in here another tuesday super excited as always be coming through your speakers through your earbuds wherever you listen to the bar we're grateful that you are listening and like i do every week i love to start the show by thanking the listeners thank you guys for listening to the bar podcast and welcome to the new listeners i am seeing new listeners new followers i really appreciate you guys tuning in and thank you for tuning into the bar podcast i found out a couple weeks ago that the bar is the gateway drug to reform theology so a lot of people will find me and then find other people so if you're here you're in a good place and like i do every week i bring you an awesome guest this brother I've known for a good while, and um, we've been trying to get this together for a good while, but I'm so happy to have on my brother, O.L., man. What's up, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. This is a Saturday. I don't know when this episode is going to drop, but this is a Saturday, and we are risking our Saturdays to bring you guys good content. And so I hope you guys <laughs> appreciate that because uh, uh, I think we're we're in for a good treatment. So, hey, brother, just i love to do is give it a... Uh, person that I'm talking to, opportunity to introduce yourself, share whatever you want to share, and we'll go from there. Sounds good. Again, thank you, my friend, for having me on. Excited to be here with you on this uh, Saturday and risk it all. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but glad, glad to be here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm O.L. Buckley. Um, I was uh, born and raised in Chicago, uh, moved around a little bit, California. Uh, spent my longest time outside of Chicago in Dallas, Texas, and then recently, um, through God's providence, now I live in New Jersey, pastoring a a wonderful um, small church in the Bronx, New York City. Uh, my wife and I, my wife uh, Consuela, more affectionately called Sway, we have uh, been married for about twelve years. And uh, no children as of yet. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, so we are uh, enjoying life now with four seasons. Um, you know, Dallas only has, you know, hot and hotter with about a week of with about a week of ice. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's, 
that's a, that's a little bit about me here. Awesome, brother. Good deal, man. So what brought us together? Uh, well, first, you know, my listeners know I love to do uh, local pastor spotlight. So we're going to get into that um, and kind of what brought us together, uh, kind of some mutual friends that we uh, cross paths with at one time or another. We're going to get into that as well. But I'm going to start on the local pastor side, um, you know, pastoring. Most of the pastors that I talk to are down south, rural uh, pastor, you know, they're most of those are the, the typical guys, man. Um, so for you, I would love to hear kind of your experience. Um, you're talking about being at this church, you know, what led you to there? What has been the, uh, just, uh, some of the challenges and, and some of the things that you faced and, and, you know, just the difference between, you know, Texas and, and New York. Sure. So I'll kind of start with the latter points you just raised. Um, <clears throat> outside of the obvious or what may be obvious to many as to the differences between Dallas and New York, I mean, Dallas is, you know, it's, um, you know, home of the Cowboys, home of America's team as, as many would regard it, <laughs> but it's, it's a, it's a classic, um, Southern state with a lot of great, um, uh, with, a, with a sense of independence. I mean, it's Texas, it's called the Lone Star State for a reason. So, right. um, <clears throat> living there for 18 years, uh, I, I know some would term it as the buckle of the Bible belt. And I would definitely agree with that where you're sort of Christian by default, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, because of your last name or affiliation. So, while there's a lot of wonderful ministries doing a lot of great things there in Dallas, Texas, there also is the, uh, the, the presence of nominalism. So that sense of nominalism is, is, is quite prominent uh, in states that or parts of the country or regions that, you know, we would typically say are sort of, you know, down home in values. Um, very much, um, you know, sort of Christian by association mm-hmm. and, 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 and culture and ways of thinking, etc. So there is that component that is there. Um, New York, I mean, it is what many will call the melting pot, um, of the world in some respects. With that comes people from all kinds of backgrounds, varying experiences, cultures, and ethnicities, and so everyone brings with them uh, their 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 heritage, their history, uh, their cuisine, <laughs> and all of that. So, what that means, though, in the sense of pastoring, is there's going to be so many facets and nuances and religions and ways of thinking um, that comes with that. And so, when you're pastoring in a melting pot, where um, everyone is so dynamic and so different. Um, it creates a unique set of challenges versus say pastoring somewhere where, you know, for the most part, everybody sort of, you know, espouses or, you know, uh, 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 agrees on some of the, the fundamentals of certain things as it pertains to religion, Christ, mm. his person and work. Um, you know, it's kind of, you know, going from a John three sixteen culture, so to speak, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to going to, um, just uh, um, pluralism or 
just varying beliefs, person by person, neighborhood by neighborhood. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that, like you said, it's kind of, um, you know, you kind of guess anticipate that is the word or you kind of yeah, expect yeah. that between the the <clears throat> two the two dynamics um and just you know because let's see i've been to dallas mm-hmm. and i went to new york as a kid so you know most of what i have or vision of it it comes from tv you know and so sure sure, uh, sure. just just looking at it in that aspect um so with the new york congregation i mean uh, I, I know me and you, we've had these conversations about, you know, exposing in the word and things like that. Uh, are there certain, I mean, I know you said it's a lot, it's a lot of diversity. Are there certain false ideologies you have to come against or face as a pastor in that area? Is there something that's prominent in that area? <laughs> Man, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So, <clears throat> so, you know, there's so many silos of, of beliefs here, so many pockets of beliefs here. And um, it's, it's interesting for it to be such a place of diversity. Um, there are so many uh, people who, who really live within a bubble. Mm. I guess to some extent we kind of all do in one way or another, but here, man, it's really noticeable, especially within, I'm going to use this as a broad term, within the church mm-hmm. community or people who would uh, consider themselves regular church goers or church attenders. So you have <clears throat> varying denominations and, com- and what comes with that, varying expressions. So, if, um, you know, what we would say high liturgy or more formal styles of worship, some with low liturgy and no sense of maybe formality of worship. So there is that distinction. But what I've had to specifically face is... Um, just a really strong um, sense of, of of tradition. And when I say tradition, I'm not talking about in the broad sense of the church tradition, but tradition in terms of what people have espoused for decades. Mm. And in my particular context, <clears throat> it is that of a uh, Pentecostal expression, mm-hmm. um, which we can get into that. I was raised in that um, in that environment um, at Pentecostal slash charismatic environment, more so Pentecostal, but, but, but yeah, so that's going to be the, the, the sort of dominant thing that I've had to face. And of course, with that Pentecostalism um, comes all that comes with Pentecostal. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. um, that, that, that can even unknowingly to them, as well as unknowing to myself, unknowing to myself, open up or other strands of, uh, or, or, or streams of, uh, Pentecostalism, Mm -hmm. such as word of faith theology, which has been more of the, the context that I've had to, to sort of, um, confront. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's the thing about the Pentecostalism and, and, you know, anytime, uh, you know, something goes outside of scripture, it, it opens the door to so many other things. Um, you know, we talked about the mm-hmm. word of faith and um, uh, prosperity, uh, even uh, new apostolic, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which, mm-hmm. which is the direction that we're going. Um, and and my, most of my listeners know my testimony. Most of the listeners that are new here, um, 
probably even heard it on somebody else's show. I think probably the most popular one right now is the one on um, uh, Alicia Childress uh, podcast, where I told my testimony mm-hmm. about uh, formerly an apostle. Um, and so that mm-hmm. that was the the link that brought me and you together. Um, Absolutely. And so talk about, you know, you talked about being raised uh, in that context. Talk about that journey and to to, you know, being raised in that context uh, where where we intersect and then, you know, how is leading to where you are today. Sure. So going back just a quick step um, there, I was I was raised in the stream of. Pentecostalism that would have been considered oneness Pentecostal. Mm. And so there are Pentecostals who, who, who would term themselves as Trinitarian. That was not the Pentecostalism that I was uh, reared in. I, I, I came up in the oneness Pentecostal. So just, you know, to kind of quote um, <clears throat> uh, the Know Your Heretic book, it was the <laughs> sense of um, one actor, three different hats. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I was raised to believe that that the Father is the Son, the Son is the Spirit, the Spirit is the Son, the Spirit is the Father. Um, it was they were just three manifestations, not three persons. And when I was raised in that, I had no idea. I had no idea that there were other people uh, <laughs> who would have called themselves Christians or in the Christian faith that thought differently. So I literally thought that's what we all believed, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, when I hit that brick wall, that that was not true, um, that me, one, that we didn't all think that, and two, um, that this is a, a, a early heresy that the church faced, um, it blew my mind. As I went back and 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 search the scriptures, listen to teachers who differed from that position, and really challenge myself to 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 look at what the text is saying. I realized that I was in error, and I was saved in that context. Mm. Um, and I really, it, it's it's just amazing to me God's providence in how He will use um, you know a flawed environment mm-hmm. uh, situation. For his for his good purposes in a person, um, and and so that 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 sense of you know ordered steps, God ordering my steps in that way was just profound to me. So that's that's that part. Um, but <clears throat> I still was very much in you know um, a charismatic context in terms of the churches that I would you know attend and the circles that I. Would run it, and 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 one of the challenges is when you sort of have these um, sort of crack in the dam moments, and then you come to this 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 moment of truth where mm-hmm. where you're confronted and you're gripped. Uh, one of the challenges is is that like with anything, there is a degree of sociology attached to it, and what I mean by that is, you, it may be you, but you may be the only one in your family, the only one in your household, you want right. the only one in your circle of friends. And so the challenge of walking in that, under, that new understanding, that right understanding, that orthodox understanding, um, creates a whole other level of complexity. So by the time <clears throat> I had this experience, um, I still stay very much within a Pentecostal context, but then um, through various things that I was 
involved with various things that I was associated with, I then had to, had to, um, cause I worked in television, you know, what they would say, you know, television ministry. I, I worked in television departments or media departments within churches. And a lot of times they swap camera guys and, mm-hmm. and audio get text and things like that. So there was plenty of times where I had to go from one church to another church, sort of help out. Cause you know, the whole media space can be a very, you know, close knit community. Right. And so, um, I would go for, you know, from, you know, helping out at this church and then going to a different church. So I got to sit and listen to different sermons from different preachers with different, you know, doctrines and so forth. And so that really, you know, God used that, used those occasions to really sort of continue to, to nurture um, his truth to me. And so then from there, <clears throat> um, I'll never forget, I was in uh, uh, the last two years before we left Dallas, um, we were just through different relationships and different friends, actually back up. I would say probably five years prior to that, we really started working with, you know, people that you and I mentioned that we both knew in different circles that we traveled in. And so those relationships brought about more relationships, but still I had this thing in me that I was kind of wrestling with this, this new truth, because once you, once you understand the doctrine of the Trinity, it just really opens up salvation to you, how salvation works, the father sends the son the Son uh, redeems, the Holy Spirit regenerates. Like, that is much deeper and has many, many applications throughout the entirety of a person's theology, what, what we think about God as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so that was um, erupting and unsettling so many other positions and beliefs that I had held just about God. And so when you get into that let alone, you know, church and, 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 you know, so forth. So it just became a gradual thing with the, that, that, that God used over a course of time to bring me from one truth to greater truth to greater truth as I continue to become a student of his work. And so <clears throat> when you talk about Pentecostalism, you're talking about um, gifts, um, which I believe in, but the question then becomes, what is the nature of those gifts? And then what is the proper use of those gifts? Mm. Won't get into that. But then that began to erupt for me. So it became things. So, so, so it became things like, you know, tongues. What are they? What are they, What is the use of them? What is the purpose of them? What are they actually? What is their nature? Um, is it, you know, known languages or is it gibberish, if you will? Um, so, and then what is the use of it? What is the purposes of it? You know, um, it, the whole question of, of, of continuation, or some would say restorationism versus cessationism. So all of these things just, I mean, these are all layers within Pentecostalism that just continually um, were becoming um, revealed to me through God's word. Um, me starting to really, you know, say, okay, maybe the group of teachers that I commonly listen to um, um, the, uh, maybe this isn't it, right? <laughs> so I started listening to other teachers and thank God for YouTube in one sense because it allows me to hear things without having to be in those places or sitting in those pews where these solid expositors um, are declaring the word of God every single week. So all of those things became challenge for me. Gifts, um, you know, 
positions in church, church leadership and, and ecclesiology and, and, and prayer. What is prayer? How, uh, what is the nature of prayer? What is the purpose of prayer? Um, you know, all of these things that we tend to see within these expressions. And, uh, and I'll never forget, as I started really getting into um, um, theology proper and started, even in my own preaching, preaching more what we call big God theology, um, our sovereignty, his divine providence. Um, you, you can't come into one truth and it not lead you to the next truth. And so mm-hmm. it just became a thing for me, man, that, that uh, was insatiable. And I was glad to, to have gone through that experience and still experiencing. Right, right. And a lot of people ask me this question before we go to the break. And I know we've talked about it um, because it's, I think, number one, making that transition, you talked about the social side, that's tough because you, you build relationships with people. And then when you don't see see things like they see it, it that's tough. That makes it odd. Uh, two, you know, uh, being a pastor, you're leading people. And you have to keep that in mind. And, you know, that's tough. You know, I remember having uh, Doug Wilson on and he talked about the transition he made with his church. Um, and that's tough. And then there's an aspect that a lot of people tend to forget about, man. And that is uh, your spouse. Uh, and and that yeah, person yeah. is right there with you, you know. Um, and I, I've shared with quite a few people. It's a common question I get uh, because for me, you know, uh, my wife was slower to uh, make that turn. Um, how How's that? I know we've talked about it, but I just kind of want you to put it out there for those that may be going through it. How, how has that experience been on your side? Well, um, you know, two, two, two parts to that. Number one, I, when you come from a Pentecostal expression, typically, and this would be true, I think, in some respects across the board, but it's really pronounced. I don't want to paint all Pentecostals the same way, but I will say this in how my upbringing was. Um, The teachers, particularly outside of the pulpit, though there were many in the pulpit as well, the primary preachers and teachers were the women in my life. Um, And so... I was used to, um, through passivity, being taught and trained, even to some extent, well into adulthood. And that's, just to make sure I'm clear, that's not to say that we don't learn from one another. Of course we do. That's not to say that we can't teach one another. Of course we do. But I'm talking about from a pastoral context. Mm -hmm. I had to understand that, that. I am within my marriage, and I right. say within my marriage slash home, I'm a priest in my home, and I bear the responsibility of, of teaching in my home, of, of exhorting in my home, and so forth. And so I had to assume and really realize this is what God has called me to be in the context of my marriage. Now, having said that, mm-hmm. um, I'm reminded of 2 Timothy 4 and 2 where, where um, the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, he's saying, preach the word, be prepared in season, not a season, reprove, rebuke, encourage with every form of patient instruction. So that's where I'm getting more precise to your question. It's happening 
slowly with patient instruction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I'm answering the question of how is it going by saying how it's happening in the sense of its pace. Yeah. Sometimes we go into, oh, look what I just learned. Yep. And we want to immediately copy and paste it yep. onto, you know, yep. our lives. And so, yeah, so I've had to really not just grow in the truth, but grow in patience in communicating that truth. Yep. Yep. No, good stuff, man. And that was my approach too. I know a lot of people that were cage stagers in their marriage and mm-hmm. and I've actually know people that marriage ended because of uh the mm. the the change. So definitely understand that. Um and I appreciate you sharing that with the listeners. Right here, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Women's Hope Podcast of the Masters University with Dr. Shelby Cullen and Kimberly Cummings. Join them as they bring hope and encouragement through 25 years of combined experience in biblical discipleship and counseling as ACBC counselors. Shelby and Kimberly provide biblical and practical wisdom by coming alongside women with the teaching and resources necessary to grow in the grace and the knowledge of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, we're back in here with my good friend, Well, And uh, sorry to end that last segment on a bad, bad news. Like, marriage ended. Take a break. My bad, y'all. I just, <laughs> I just thought about oh, that. Man. I was like, that was not a good way to end that segment. But uh, but, but God is good, man. And, and it, it just goes to show. And I really mention that because, uh, you know, it goes to show the, the level of importance, number one, you know. <laughs> Uh, theology is and then also you know to remind us our roles and i'm glad you brought that up that was a phenomenal point um and just you know understanding that everybody's going to move at their own pace you know mm-hmm. um and i guess just to be clear because again i, I kind of left that kind of hanging <laughs> just to be clear the person that discovered uh reform theology sound biblical teaching was willing to make it work and the person that was not in that and didn't agree with it, wanted to separate. So I don't know if that helped, but. <laughs> well, it brings clarity for sure. It does. It brings, clear, <laughs> brings clarity for sure. So anyway, all right, brother, right here is the bar signature questions. I'm going to lighten it up a little bit. These are the three questions I ask all of my guests. So the first signature bar question is, what kind of music do you listen to? Oh, man. You know, because I'm getting... I'm not going to say because I'm getting older, maybe. Maybe I'm sure that plays a, a, a role in it. Let me say, man, I was very much a hip-hop head and mm-hmm. very much um, into reggae as well. Um, and uh, I still enjoy Caribbean music, but uh, I find myself listening mostly to a lot of jazz. Nice. A lot of jazz. Yep. I dig it, man. I'm... So I I'm I'm a hardcore hip hop head for sure, um, mm-hmm. 
But lately, I've been, especially like with work, I've been listening to a lot of lo-fi uh, hip-hop or lo-fi chill music, mm. which is kind of a mm-hmm. hip-hoppy, jazzy kind of thing. Yeah. That's been, yeah. My, that's been my jam. I even found like a lo-fi workout joint that just had a little... Really? You know, yeah, man. YouTube. Like you said, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that's been my jam, man. So that's really cool. All right, man. Here's the next signature bar question. What book or books are you currently reading? Currently, um, <clears throat> I normally try to focus on one book at a time. Okay. Um, but right now I find myself really <laughs> between two books. Mm-hmm. So one book I'm reading is um, The Death of Death and the Death of Christ by John Owen. Mm-hmm. And I'm still just absorbing the, the introduction by uh, J.I. Packer. Um, on the other side, I'm actually reading a book on time management <clears throat> called 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman. Mm. Nice. Nice, nice. Good deal. All right, man. Last signature bar question. What podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any? <laughs> man, I listen to uh, I listen to the bar. I listen to Just Thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listen to Renewing Your Mind a lot. Um, I also started getting into um, the new um MacArthur um podcast. Not not pulpit, but the other one where um Austin Duncan is narrating. Oh yeah. Um mm-hmm. it just launched and so I've 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 been in kind of enjoying that, especially with those hip hop breaks that they've been <laughs> inserting in. I think they've been doing a great job. Yeah. Um but just thinking has been huge as well. And as far as sermons are concerned, um I listen to Dr. Steve Lawson, It'll Cost You Everything. That continues just to remind me of the sobriety of our life as disciples in Christ. And so I listen to that. I find myself revisiting that quite a bit. Nice. Nice. Good deal, brother. Well, listen, man, I'm glad we was able to finally make this happen. Coming on to the bar podcast and, uh, uh, sharing your story and, uh, just, just, uh, you know, blessing my listeners with that. And I always love to give my uh, guests an opportunity to kind of close us out. Any words of encouragement? And uh, we'll be out of here. Yeah. um, Something that I was thinking about this morning. um, And that is, you know, just to remember that God's word is forever settled in heaven. And that doesn't mean that it's forever settling. Mm. But that just means that God has established uh, whatever will be. And that in all of these things, we are to give thanks. Um, because he knows exactly what he is doing. Amen, brother. Amen. And I'll leave it there. Yep. Yes, sir. Good deal. To the Bar listeners, thank you guys for listening to the Bar Podcast. Make sure you go to thebarpodcast.com. Check us out every Tuesday. Make sure you go to that tab that says Network. Check out all the network podcasts. Uh, we are growing. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, there's going to be a few more ads. So make sure you check that out. Uh, also, pick up some bar gear. Um, we're going into the winter time. So we got the beanies and the hoodies still on the page. So just check that out, man. And till next time, you guys, God bless. And we are out.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.